I'm just a real advocate for eating well, but not restricting yourself. And like you both know, good natural food can taste absolutely incredible. You don't need all these added nasty ingredients. You really don't. Like, it's just amazing what it can do. And it tastes brilliant. And that's really our mission to kind of make healthy taste delicious. Hello, and welcome to the Natural Healthcare Network podcast. My name is Deb McLeod, and I really appreciate your sitting in and listening in. Today, I'm delighted to say that Gracie Tyrrell of the Squirrel Sisters is joining me along with my co-host, Linda Sims. Gracie is here to share the story of how she and her sister, Sophie, started the Squirrel Sisters, an award-winning, no-added-sugar snacking brand, and their story is really interesting, so I hope you enjoy listening to the conversation on how they have grown this award-winning business as much as we did. Gracie. Hi. (laughs) Hello. Hello. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me and Linda today on my podcast. It is lovely to have you here with us. Oh, thank you very much for having me. It's really good to be here. It's really exciting. And I met you through Linda, really. I mean, I'd heard about you, but I was so excited when Linda told me that she knew you. I mean, it's one of those things (laughs) like, well, <laughs> yeah, it's a small world, isn't it? It is, I know. And yeah, like um I've known Linda, well heard about Linda through my mom and then had separate conversations with Linda. And yeah, it's it's been a almost a year now, hasn't it? I think <laughs> since we first met. Goodness. Well, we're here to talk about you. And uh, unfortunately, Sophie is not here to, to join us because she's busy doing new mom stuff or second yes. mom things. Yeah. But we're here to talk about your business, the Squirrel Sisters, a bit of the background on, we, I, people can find it on your website, which has got all the information, but it's just to talk a little bit about your journey and your beautiful products that you sell, which I could even eat, which is exciting for people like me. Mm-hmm. And they're healthy and they taste delicious, but it's to talk about that, but also the journey of, of being a business owner, being a woman in a business world, how you've accomplished and done what you have done and still have a life, which I think is the challenge for everyone. I mean, you look, you look so, you know, you just look so at ease and so relaxed. I know. <laughs> if you're happy for us to do that and, and whatever you want to weave in the conversation, there's really, yeah. we're very relaxed about it and um, we can do that. But are you happy with that so far? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Right. <laughs> Take it away. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so um, it all goes back to, well, 2015 is when we launched, but it actually goes back years before. And um, we just, both of myself and my sister Sophie had finished university. Sophie was living in Ballin and I'd actually just finished a year. So after uni, I moved to New York for a year and studied at um, Lee Strasberg, which is the theatre and performance school. Um, and I was about to move back from New York and Sophie had a spare room. So I was like, can I move in with you? <laughs> and so she's like, definitely. And so we were like so excited about that. So we moved in together um, without the parents. So it's like a new, exciting way of living. And um, yeah, and then Sophie, so Sophie was working for um, an agency at the time. And at this agency, she got health checks or offered health checks so she 
accepted the offer and went and had this health check and um, was diagnosed with a heart condition, which is Wolf Parkinson White. Um, and she was really shocked by that because obviously, you know, people can live with it their whole lives and not know anything about it. But then on the flip side, people can also drop down dead. Um, you know, you hear about people kind of running marathons or, um, you know, really fit people um, and then their heart just stops um, or they have a heart attack or something. So, yeah, she was really, really shocked by that and um, went ahead and basically booked in to have the operation. And the first time round, it didn't work, which was awful. Um, they basically pumped her full of adrenaline um, and then it was keyhole surgery. So that's obviously, you know, less, much less invasive than proper heart surgery. But um, yeah, she, it didn't work. So they tried, they kind of offered her another operation and they were going to try a different kind of tactic. And um, after, this is when basically everything was, her body sort of changed and she just started reacting really badly to sugar processed foods and gluten like she could not the tiniest little bit of kind of bread or um anything that kind of was slightly processed or had high amounts of sugar she would just get cramping just really you know be exhausted she was really unwell and um you know I don't think it's it's actually you know the the heart condition that she had it is literally just a reaction to maybe the surgery we don't really know why this happened but yeah she just couldn't eat anything like that and she was really down um she couldn't do her exercise that she was quite used to doing um you know she was just at home not working kind of recovering so I you know obviously when you're in that situation you want nice little treats to kind of keep me going and when you're sat on the safe with a duvet you just want to feel nice and she couldn't eat that stuff so I started going and visiting the health shops in the Balham area and trying to find things that she would enjoy that would also you know most importantly they had to taste good um and there really wasn't at the time this was going back kind of nine ten yeah eight nine ten years ago I can't remember it was yeah a a while ago and um there really wasn't anything at the time that kind of tasted amazing and tasted like a treat so that is when um I started just making snacks for her at home on a Nutribullet so just blending up dates cacao like random things that we had and we know about these kind of ingredients because of our mom like our mom has always been you know she's a yoga teacher um, she's always been into health and wellness. When we were growing up, our biscuit drawer was definitely not a typical biscuit drawer. It was like the hemp bars, the seed bar, you know, all of this. And, you know, we did have the odd thing, but I remember like going to friends' houses and seeing in their biscuit drawer. It was like, okay, that is so much better. Um, and, yeah. Um, and like, yeah, so we've grown up very aware of you know food and we've always had home-cooked meals and um yeah we've always been very aware of it so that's how we kind of knew about these different ingredients and could play around with them and um yeah just started kind of yeah like I say playing around on your Nutribullet and then created these bars which changed every time depending on you know we didn't I didn't write the ingredients down or anything it was very much just throw things in whatever we have and if we like it we like it and then 
this brown or cacao bar that I made um we were both like oh my god this tastes amazing um and we couldn't really we were like this is so good and genuinely feels like a treat and on top of that we feel good for eating it um so then yeah fast forward quite a few years later um and Sophie had just moved to Singapore um for love and also work she got a job over there and I was working in between the UK and America and um we just you know I was at a point I was working in film and tv and it's very unstable you know one minute you've got a great opportunity and you're working and then the next three months to six months you're like oh god when's the next paycheck going to come in or it's not even about the money really it was just I love doing and it's just I found it very frustrating that it there would be these huge gaps and it was constantly kind of looking for the next thing and just didn't feel yeah it just felt very unreliable and I didn't really know where I stood the whole time so um I was kind of a little bit in limbo with that well what I was doing and Sophie was also in limbo with what she was doing and she was about to move back to the UK and she was going to come back without a job and actually get a job when she was here she was going to do a little bit of freelance for a company that she knew um to pay the bills so we thought we're at a point in our lives where we've always wanted to do something together we've never really known what that is we've always when we've kind of talked about it is food and health has always come up um but we had never kind of confirmed what and then when we were talking about it we just thought well do you know what we we love well we love feeling good we'd also while Sophie was in Singapore started a blog which didn't really like it was just really for us like we never told our friends about it because we were quite embarrassed that you know about it's just quite a personal thing as well I think and um the blog had actually gained a decent following so we were aware that people kind of liked our style liked our food um and liked the fact that we were all about balance we didn't preach um it was about taste but also feeling good so we thought look we've got this we've got kind of the connections that we've got now we've got a little bit of a community let's turn this into a business we wanted to do the something for so long so let's just go for it and let's launch food products and snacks and um the reason we decided on that is because we remembered obviously about the bars that I'd used to make for Sophie years before when she was recovering so um yeah we decided to launch those bars as our first product and we were really lucky with um the fact that a lot of people we knew had very useful skills so Ian who is now my sister's husband is a graphic designer so he was able to design our whole brand which again meant we didn't need to get investment which was huge um yeah. you know we literally invested a few hundred pounds at the start to basically yeah run a few trials with factories to see if they could replicate what we were doing at home on a larger scale um and yeah then Ian did all our designs so we had all the visuals we had the samples and then we just went on LinkedIn on Twitter and tried to find like different buyers of retailers that we really liked so obviously you know the Whole Foods the kind of health stores and then also the larger retailers that we thought our product would work really well in as well so just bombarded there like all these different buyers and did whatever it took to kind of get them to respond so yeah with whole foods he i mean they get around 150 emails a week from new brands and then they've got thousands of brand owners that are obviously already in store that they're talking to on a weekly basis so to actually get through to them and get them to respond 
is so difficult. So Sophie actually tweet or we found the buyer on LinkedIn. Obviously he wasn't (laughs) responding to our emails. And then we did a little bit more research (laughs) and found out he was really into photography. He loved wildlife. So we started sending him photos of squirrels um, in like, funny, like <laughs> different things, and basically tweeted them to him rather than emailing them. Fantastic. And we said, "Look, we're at this. Ev- we assumed he'd be at this event. It was the speciality fine food event, which we were going to. And we were like, he's definitely going to be there. So we said, we're at this event tomorrow. We'd love to meet you. Um, at, like, if you have time, quickly before it starts, and we can give you some samples." And he responded and said, yeah, meet me outside at 9am. So we literally that night got everything prepared, the samples, (laughs) the photos of the visuals and just had five minutes with him and literally like yapping away, (laughs) trying to get everything in. (laughs) And with this, 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 this. Um, And then, yeah, a month later, got an email saying, yeah, we'd like to launch you. So they were our first retailer. Wow. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Gracie, can I ask you, what, why Squirrel Sisters? Where does that come from? <laughs> yeah. So Squirrel Sisters, so our surname is Tyrrell. And when we were at school, even though we're different ages, it just became a nickname because it rhymes with Tyrrell. So Tyrrell Squirrel. Um, and when we were thinking of a name, um, it, it we spent ages thinking about it because once you've got it, you can't change it or you have to do a total rebrand and then it's confusing. So yeah, when we were thinking of names, we were going through everything and everything just felt so kind of boring and like it just didn't feel right. And then eventually, I can't remember who said it, but one of us eventually was like, oh, wait, what about our childhood nickname? Like Squirrel, perfect. They love nuts. They're kind of squirreling away, snacking. And then obviously the sisters part because we're sisters. Mm. So yeah. It's perfect. Absolutely perfect. (laughs) It's really memorable. I think people, yeah, they, they remember it and they find it. Yeah. They find it funny and kind of, yeah, it's, yeah, it's worked for us. So yeah, we're happy with it. That's a mouthful, just what you've said in a few minutes. And you've compacted everything in such a, a short period of time. But what that must have been like to go and approach a manufacturer. I, I've talked to a couple of other people before we've started new products, but I just can't imagine how that is you go and you approach them. And then I love your stealth or your covert mission to go and find the right people to talk to and say, we're going to go and and get into that business because we want to do it. Was there a plan of action where you just thought, no, we're going to do this because this is where we want to go. And we don't care in the nicest way. You know, we don't care how we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. We're going to get into them. Was it, was it planned? Did you have that planned or did it just sort of happen? Um, No, we didn't have it planned. We just thought (laughs) we know where we want to be. Um, Let's just go for it. What have we got to lose? And I think that's actually what's really helped us. It is that you know, we were very naive at the start. We'd never, ever kind of done anything to do with running our own business or even anything in the food industry itself. Um, so having that naivety actually really worked in our favor because we didn't do things by the book or what, you know, seemed to be by the book. And we just did it in our own way. Um, and it's it worked for us. And, you know, with a couple of retailers, we literally just kind of would pick up the phone and you know we we just get be put through to the buyer which felt kind of unheard of from speaking to other brand owners you know they'd be like it's so difficult 
Um, but we do feel like a couple of times it definitely felt like it was happening because we just got them at the right time because a lot of retailers have range review windows. So, you know, if you get them just after they've done it, they're not interested in talking to you for kind of six months to a year. So we didn't know any of that and kind of realised that as we went along. And then, yeah, with the manufacturer, that was really difficult, actually, because making something at home on a little Nutribullet or a blender is very different to then scaling up and making thousands and thousands of units. So we looked at various different routes. So we, at the start, actually went to a little private kitchen and we were going to rent this kitchen and do it ourselves, which now I'm like, how did we even (laughs) think (laughs) that that was an option? (laughs) Um, But we looked at doing that and it just absolutely would not have worked and then um we it was really a case of kind of googling so googling like you know UK manufacturers that make healthy products and snack bars and um quite like a lot come up when you google that so we reached out um to various well a lot of them and um we booked in to do a couple of trials with two and the it was the product was honestly awful like it we handed over the recipe which I know you, you can't actually really do because you do have to tweak things um, when you're changing the quantities. But um, yeah, it, it was just awful. It tasted so healthy. And I know that sounds like <laughs> obvious, but <laughs> our point really was that we don't want it to taste like a really typical health bar. We want it to taste really good. We want it to taste indulgent and the texture to be kind of different in that way. And um, it was just, yeah, we were really disappointed actually, because we just assumed it was really easy to just hand over a recipe and it would work. And um, yeah, so we were disappointed with that. And at the time, and Sophie won't mind me saying this, Sophie is way more right. Oh, it doesn't matter. Let's just go, go, go. Like kind of impatient, like wanting to get it done. Whereas I'm the opposite to her, which is why we do work so well. So I'm like, no way. Like that's not good. <laughs> work no one will ever buy it again like it's not you know she's more kind of yeah the business mind and I'm like the perfectionist in that way with the actual like creative side so I'm like it's not happening so and like we'd get this we'd get the samples and try them and really try to like them we'd be like oh yeah but maybe and we're like no if our instant feeling is this is not what we're doing at home then no um so we you know in the end it took six months to find a manufacturer that could essentially replicate what we were doing at home on a larger scale they're brilliant and they we went and met them they understood what we wanted to do you know we wanted to be the best tasting healthy no added sugar snacking bar um, but we didn't want people to necessarily think we were healthy snacking bar we wanted them to think we were a treat and we could almost sit next to confectionery and you know it's just a an alternative that has all the great benefits as well as obviously the most important thing tasting good so they really understood that and um we did a trial with them and it was almost right made a few tweaks and then it was literally perfect like exactly the same taste and texture we've been doing at home so we were really lucky to find them and we're still working with them now um and they're family run so they're just yeah a lovely husband and wife couple um and they're 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 kind of at that stage where they're they're a medium-sized business you know they're not big enough to kind of where volumes are just ridiculous where we can't afford to work with them you know they were really fair to us they 
they've given us a lot of opportunities where they've kind of led us off on certain minimum order quantities and stuff and um they've just been really understanding because they believed in what our mission was so therefore they kind of wanted to grow with us and um yeah we we were so lucky to find them because that you know finding the right manufacturer makes a huge difference and yeah you know, there are a lot of snack bars out there. So we really could not compromise on the quality or taste of our product. So for example, things like the cacao we use in our brownie bars, we use organic cacao powder, organic cacao nibs, organic cacao butter. And we can't claim that our bar is organic because the other ingredients aren't, but we've chosen to use organic because the taste difference of organic versus non-organic is so much better um organic is <laughs> so much better tasting so yeah just little things like that you know really you know prove that we are all about the taste and and quality of our products and yeah obviously organic is a lot more expensive it's more expensive to use that kind of cacao but we want to do it because we know it will make our bar taste so much better and better than anyone else's it's funny i get that the the idea that you're your bars are like those duvet bars. So it's that essence of Sophie sitting on the sofa, uh, <laughs> you know, needing that comfort. So, and when we're ever feeling blue, sometimes we just want that comfort food. So it's really nice. So you feel like you are, you are, you are being a bit naughty, but actually you're really taking care of yourself at the same time. So yeah. it's comfort food that's actually really good for you all in one, which is exactly. nice. So, yeah. so not yeah. compromising on that quality. It must've been a hell of a challenge really yeah it really is and the other thing is you know our no added sugar claim is so important to us mm -hmm. and the majority I think what I found so shocking when I was originally doing the research and going and trying to find products that Sophie could enjoy I found just looking at the ingredients list so many products that claim they're healthy really it, it's unbelievably shocking like if you actually kind of look at the ingredients list and they add you know all these different syrups paste sugar alternatives um and when we did a little bit of work with a nutritionist early on she kind of explained that actually these sugar alternatives some of them things like you know brown rice syrup maple syrup coconut sugar it sounds so much prettier than sugar on its own and it's like you know you're like oh it's you know it, it sounds really healthy and it sounds like a much better option but actually you ladies will know more than me but it's actually you know essentially sugar and in some cases it's worse than yeah. normal sugar so I was really kind of shocked to discover that and shocked at how pretty much all the snack bars out there do that mm -hmm. and so we wanted to make it our mission to basically create a product and a brand that never ever does that which is really challenging and the reason people use those kind of ingredients is because they are cheaper they sound healthier um, mm -hmm. and they do make the product taste good and also help kind of with the binding process so to actually create a snack bar that hasn't got any of that and we just use dates to bind and then also sweeten them um, it was definitely like challenging to do that. And then with all the new product development that we're doing, it's difficult to kind of expand our range constantly because it takes so long to develop things that have, you know, they have to taste good for us. So without adding all these different sugars, it's really hard to do that. Um, 
but yeah, that's our kind of our commitment to our customer that we will never add any sugars. And that's what really makes us different and stand out from all the other health brands out there. It's really, I mean, it's, it's absolutely fabulous that you do that because it also means that when you do have a new product launch, everyone can go, ooh, this is really good because you know it really yeah. is going to be so nutrient dense and, and taste really good as well. But yeah. it's so common that gluten-free, vegetarian, vegan, it doesn't mean it's healthy. And that's the, yeah. the problem is that it has really been smeared so much that people just put overly processed foods in there to really yeah. make them taste better. And, and it's such a shame. Oh, wow. Linda, have you got something you want? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really admiring, you know, the step from kitchen to manufacturing. <laughs> and that wasn't kind of the middle step. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what most people would sort of do, you know, like, as you said, rent a kitchen and you went straight yeah. to manufacturer. Yeah. And I think that probably is why you're successful because you didn't, bog yourself down with sort of making it yourself and yeah. it at home oh god I honestly I just to the idea of doing that it just wouldn't have worked and especially because our product you know it's um it's an on-the-go product really it's uh well the sizes that we initially launched with the 40 gram bar and they you know our rate of sale in whole foods you know we're selling a lot a week so the idea of having to run a business and then be in the kitchen pretty much it would have to be like 24 seven just making these bars and also the other thing is um it just the safety of it and quality control and everything the idea of us having to kind of manage that with no experience just we hated that idea so luckily the factory we work with are you know have all the certifications like the salsa and and that a lot of the bigger retailers won't take you on unless your factory has certain certifications so yeah, like Acardo, for example, they won't accept any brand unless they their manufacturer is ticks all the correct boxes. Um, and yeah, and all the bigger retailers like Sainsbury's, Tesco, and Asda, and everything they have really high kind of levels of well, high expectations and stuff. So yeah, you wouldn't be able to. I mean, we would have been able to do it, but we would probably be completely exhausted, and we probably would have given up by now um yeah definitely outsourcing manufacturing 100% the best thing to do especially because we didn't have to invest much I think the reason it puts a lot of people off is because some manufacturers their MOQs are ridiculous so you know you're investing you know double figures very early on like thousands and thousands and um we didn't have to do that because luckily we found a manufacturer that is at the level where they're small enough to not have such ridiculous MAQs. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, if you can find, never go with a huge manufacturer early on because I just, it will, and the payment term, it's, there's so many kind of cogs to it all. Like for example, you know, we owe our factory the money on this date, but then the retailer isn't going to be paying us for another 30 days. So where do we find that money? Um, so yeah, we're luckily like we, it's about finding the right partner and a manufacturer really is your partner in this. And we did spend, like I say, six months looking for the right partner and it, it makes all the difference because I've heard some horror stories with some factories and how they've just, you know, their expectations and then they're not delivering and then they'll just cut you. Um, and then, you know, what do you do? You've lost your product. So, mm-hmm. or you can go and find someone else. But yeah, that was really important to us finding the right partner and then you know making sure that relationship was really strong 
What I think is interesting is that you said you didn't really plan and yet you've really prepared yourself. So it's an interesting mix of, of going with the flow of saying that we want to do this and this is what we're, we're inclined, how we're inclined to go. But you've took the time to find the right people to work with mm-hmm. and that are going to suit your style and your mindset and your ethos, which I think it sounds like you continue to do along the way because you know, one of the other questions is I look at all the different things that you've done and achieved. It's how do you grow and how do you prepare to grow? Because anyone who's small, you know, you have to do everything. Yeah. You have to do absolutely everything. And then you have to have a life, yeah. pretend to have a life as well. So pretend. Yeah. So yeah. how did you do how did you do that and how do you do that? Because you do talk about it in an article I just read about you too. You know, you talk about give yourself time. So I want to know how you have how you and Sophie have done it. Because Sophie has not only done that as well. I mean, you both have busy lives. She's now mom <laughs> for a second time. Like, but I want to <laughs> yeah. know how you guys have grown and how you have managed that because even though you didn't plan it earlier on Mm -hmm. how do you do it how did you do it to get to where you are now um good question (laughs) yeah well that is um yeah I mean like I say we were really naive at the start we didn't plan we just thought it's kind of slightly oh take what we can get you know if if someone's saying yes we're gonna make it work um and just knock on everyone's doors and hope that someone responds. Please talk to me. That's the way yeah. I do with podcasts. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. Like, you talk to me? Yeah. Was, and you I never think, know. I was just thinking that because that, that's exactly what you do. Like, give me a name. I'll talk yeah. to you. Yeah, exactly. I think it's the best way because you just, you know, like, why not? Like, if they say no, they say no, but at least yeah. you've kind of given it a go. And um, yeah. I mean, we were contacting serious retailers early on, like Boots and um yeah all the big supermarkets as well and we just didn't really have any fear with it we just we knew we had a really good product and a good story and we wanted to kind of get it out there and yeah so we just yeah we didn't plan but I suppose what we have just been the two of us up until more recently and that has been like it's been brilliant because actually doing it on your own and I've experienced this a couple of times while Sophie's been off on maternity, it really, I don't know how people do it on their own because there is so much constantly, like you say, you know, you're literally doing everything. I mean, early on, we did the sampling ourselves um, for the first couple of years to save money. So we were actually in Whole Foods. We were in Planet Organic. We were in all these stores a couple of times a week, literally handing out samples. Um, Then what we realized, you know, that's, it's really important to sample, but actually us being there, we're at a stage now where that's not a good use of our time. So it was very much about finding, you know, we don't have money. We hadn't had investments. So we, we can't really, we've got to be very, very savvy with how we spend and very careful. So it's about finding or working out what is a good use of your time and actually what's a good use of outsourcing and getting someone else's time and paying for that. Um, And so we did sit down and kind of think, well, for example, Sophie did a little bit of our accounting early on, but that's, you know, she didn't enjoy it. And, you know, it's not her forte, really. She's good at it. But yeah, she didn't, it just wasn't a good use of her time. So we ended up outsourcing that Mm -hmm. and getting an accountant, um, obviously outsourcing manufacturing, which helped and 
you know, gives us time to then focus on everything else. Um, we then were also really lucky with having Ian who did our design and it's about kind of, yeah, kind of, it did take a long time to really get into a smooth rhythm with it. And, you know, early on we were both doing everything. So we were both clashing a little, not clashing, but kind of overlapping um, and not knowing who was responding to what email. So we sat down and worked out what we were going to look after separately. And that meant we then had that responsibility. And if anything went wrong with that particular thing, we would need to be accountable. And so it was our thing. Um, and then we'd have, um, you know, the, I mean, we would see each other at the time. We saw each other every day and we would then obviously have our daily meetings and conversations. So we knew what was going on with each other. So we split our roles, um, which worked really well. And it just made us kind of focus and, um, we then outsource certain things like sampling, accounting. Um, so that really helped. Um, and then, yeah, we started looking or thinking we wanted investment. And I think that's the, I think we thought we needed money. And actually what we've now come to realize is money is actually quite useless. Like it's great for a while, but then you're going to spend it and then you're going to need more. And what we realized we needed was some was someone with the expertise because we were at a point where um we were stru- not struggling but we were kind of like you know Sophie's a mum she's got Lola to deal with on top of running a business she is also kind of thinking about having a second um and we do want to really grow but we don't really know how to get to that next stage so mm-hmm. we decided to go for investment and we did look at the crowdfunding route and we were about to go live with that and then got approached privately so we explored that for a while and it didn't work out which is a whole story in itself it was you know a male investor that owned a big manufacturing unit in the UK his great-great-grandfather had passed the business kind of down the family and he was you know he done well and you know the business was at a good stage despite the fact that it was handed to him um but he just his attitude and everything was just awful and Sophie this is literally when she first fell pregnant with Lola um we were sat seven months in to the legal process about to sign the documents um and he just said that can we add that into the contract that if Sophie goes off the rail as a mother I get my money back and then he pretended to shoot himself like a child and then fall off the chair. It was just honestly like bizarre behavior. And he'd said a few other comments. I mean, when Sophie initially told him she was pregnant, he was so angry. Um, he just oh. said, did you do it on purpose? Uh, as if like, you know, like just, it just stupid, like awful, awful comments. And he was just a child really, even though he was a 60 year old man. Um, and, and, and equally arrogant. Yes. I yeah. got pregnant because of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh yeah. And God, so it was such on paper, it was such a good opportunity and they were going to take over the side of the business that we weren't that comfortable with. So supply chain, ordering, invoicing, the very important side of the business that's also really quite dull um, and we don't really enjoy doing. So it was really, you know, a good opportunity, but we knew like our gut feeling was that this is not right and we just can't work with someone that has such a backwards way of thinking. Um, So we called it off um, and then we, again, we were kind of back to square one, ticking. It felt like we were almost kind of ticking over 
Um, and, you know, to people on, from the outside, they're looking and thinking, God, but you're in all these retailers and it's amazing and you're doing so well and it's fantastic. But I think, yeah, when you're actually in it, you don't realize, you know, it's fantastic getting these retailers, but then the hard work really starts. And, um, you know, with Boots, we were in Boots and had a fantastic buyer that was so supportive of small businesses. And then he left and a new younger guy came in that really wanted to prove himself and he did not care. All he cared about was basically getting, you know, the money up. And yeah, he he put us on the bottom shelf. He then said we needed to invest £60,000 if we wanted to stay on shelf a year. Obviously, to us, that is impossible. Wow. Like, we couldn't have even offered them kind of £2,000, let alone sixty. So, you know, there's all these things that are really hard that we didn't really know how to deal with. So, we'd always kind of from the start said we need someone with that expertise because we can only get to a certain level and we had got to a you know brilliant level and especially from the outside it looks absolutely great but to stay in these retailers is really hard and they do expect investment and they you know we didn't have that so uh, then we actually heard so we decided yeah we've got to find someone with expertise and we were listening to a podcast um and the guy being interviewed was Wilfred Emmanuel Jones, who is the black farmer mm-hmm. and he's got his own brand. And I just like both of us just loved the interview. We just couldn't believe like how much we were kind of inspired listening to him. And so we reached out and he responded and we went and met him never with the intention of kind of, Oh, we're going to start working together. It was just a conversation and originally it was going to be, you know, what we thought, a 30-minute conversation over a quick cup of tea, pre-COVID this was. Um, and it ended up going on for three hours, but honestly felt like 30, like I could not believe when I looked at the time. Um, he was just, he's such a character. And then we just thought, we left and we're like, he's, because we spoke to him about various things like, you know, we need investment. He was like, girls, you don't need investment. What you need is someone that comes in and helps you with your strategy, with the plan, because that's something we hadn't done and still four years in hadn't really done. Um, And we thought actually he's so right. And this is exactly what we've always been manifesting. We want someone like Wilfred that almost comes in and helps manage us slightly. We actually wanted to be managed because, um, going on for four years and just being the two of us, we got into this routine and it, it felt kind of slightly stagnant. Um, even though we were still doing well and, you know, new opportunities were coming in, we just wanted someone to come in and almost tell us what we needed to do to get to that next stage. So yeah, we thought about it for a while and then had another conversation with him. And then, yeah, we came to an agreement where he was going to come on board as uh, an investor kind of director um, again, it was a really, it's an interesting kind of setup. It's not a typical kind of investor. I mean, we literally do speak every day. He's heavily involved in the business and it's been the best thing because we agreed this January, 2020, just before we went into lockdown. And I think, wow. that, yeah, timing wise couldn't have been better because he's really guided us through this time. And then Sophie has just had another baby and, for me, this has been great because it, I've got a team almost. And, you know, it's, we're part of the hatchery, which he owns. And there's a few other brands. And then the Black Farmer has an intern, has, you know, an accounting team. Wow. And we get access to all of that. So 
it's just really been so good and he's got such good energy and he is you know again like he would tell me to say this he's really hard to work (laughs) with sometimes like early on there were times where every phone call was turning (laughs) like angry and um like slightly yeah fist fighting but um we've got past (laughs) that now and yeah he he's just really invested in the business and wants it to do really well and really helps us keep the momentum up and keep that energy and so much in the last year has happened that's been so great for the business and things like we've just launched into Sainsbury's um we're about to launch in the US and Texas um and um we've just launched an online shop um so yeah that's really you know it's us that's doing the work and making it happen but his energy and I guess help with the strategy of it all is what has helped us make it work so yeah it's been the best thing and yeah just been great and I think just having more of a team has actually been really lovely because it just means that Sophie can relax a bit and actually have a couple of months off because first time with Lola she didn't she took two weeks off um, and then was back doing emails and I know she really wanted to have more time especially with two I mean that's just a lot more intense and then she wanted that bonding time um and didn't want the stress of just having to look at her email basically and um definitely this time around she's found it a lot tougher um with the baby and not sleep it's the it's the lack of sleep and I think yeah she's just really glad that she's taken the time off and her husband is actually going to do shared parental leave so he he will he's he's I think in a week or so he'll he'll be on that so he'll be doing two days a week and looking after the baby and um Lola for the other three obviously Sophie's breastfeeding so she'll need to um be there and helping but it would just mean that it then gives her an opportunity to gently and slowly kind of come back into it without overwhelming herself yeah it's interesting because there's a multitude of things. Sorry, Linda, I just jumped right in. I'm so rude. There are a multitude <laughs> of things that I'm thinking about. Is one is my curiosity being nosy about what it was that you and you all were fighting, sort of knocking heads with, with the black farmer. I think that sounds, you know, it sounds quite challenging, but also really interesting. But the other thing is the standpoint of you and Sophie are very close and how you're running a business together. And the pressures of she wants to have children and the pressure on her and feeling that guilt of leaving you mm. in the lurch of sort, but also you having to take all that on board and what that must have been like yeah. for you then and now, knowing all the things that you do. And I just wonder, you know, it sounds like you guys have really managed that amazingly well because you you are obviously very close. Yeah. Lovely, but it must have been quite... A tremendous amount of pressure for you both having those feelings I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth but I no think. yeah no definitely and I think so yeah on Sophie's side I think you know before she went off we definitely had conversations about God well you know if we were working for someone else we'd be you know because we're not really paying ourselves loads so we're we you know at the start we literally didn't pay ourselves um but she for example, she wanted to put Lola in nursery, but that's a cost. And um, she was sort of thinking, well, this is frustrating because I should be on more by now. And like with the babies and a new one coming, you know, I, I if I was working for someone else, I'd get nine months to a year off and I'd be able to enjoy this time without worrying. And so I think, you know, that is definitely 
we kind of talked about it. And I think that's what's really good about us because we are so close. We can be really honest and express stuff. And um, yeah, I, I kind of, even though I, I don't have kids, but I completely kind of got that. And the idea of, from my point of view, having kids and having to do what, like run this, because it's so intense. Mm. It freaks me out. Like, like I don't <laughs> know how I'd manage it. Like I literally, like, it's so like I, she does such an incredible job. Um, but I just thank God, like the stress, like the exhaust, being so tired and then having to then go and get up and work and deal with all the stressful phone calls and Wilfred who again he literally would probably laugh if he heard me say this but he knows he's difficult and um he he's got very high expectations and he likes flexibility so he finds it frustrating if someone doesn't answer the phone when he calls (laughs) so that we had to manage early on and I think it was it we clashed because we didn't know each other well enough at this point and he saw it as us not being invested in our own business. And, you know, he, he wanted to make sure we were as invested as he wanted to be. And obviously when you're not working with each other on a daily basis, you can't see what each other are doing. Um, so it would just be like the odd call. And um, he is, has very, very strong opinions. And for us to be just the two of us for so long and then have this person come in that... Um, you know, we were very proud of where we'd got to and yeah, on our own without investment. And then someone coming in, even though it's really exciting, it was also very daunting because he was very opinionated and, you know, he doesn't take no for an answer. If you right. say, so you have, you know, he's like, nothing is not impossible. You know, nothing's impossible. <laughs> so um, we were just like, God, we've, this is, it was already intense kind of running the business, but it then just, oh God, it like became just so intense. Even a weekend down to see our parents in Dartmouth became not a weekend, you know, we were getting calls. And so I think what happened is we just learned about each other's personalities and it's now so good. Like it's so smooth. Um, We understand what kind of sets him off and he understands what sets us off. So it's about kind of finding that balance with each other. And also he knows how hard we work. He's seen like what we've achieved in this last year working with him. So he's relaxed. He kind of gets it. I think it was just those very early stages. The pandemic, obviously lockdown had just happened. There were a lot of personal stresses, I think, as well, which um, he was maybe putting onto us and vice versa. We were kind of adapting to this new way and not really sure what was going to happen and um, when it was going to be over. So, Yeah. yeah, I think it was really just a lot of intensity at one time and then we just started working with each other the pandemic had just happened it was just started and um yeah it it definitely was it felt weird having someone new come in and kind of tell us what to do even though that's what we wanted yeah (laughs) yeah and I think the other thing is um being sisters like you say we are so close and actually even though that's been brilliant it's also probably like maybe held us back from doing some things with the business because we're so conscious of each other's feelings and we and Wilf picked up on that straight away um oh dear <laughs> in a good way <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he and you know we had conversations which became quite intense about that and just how and actually yeah he 
it's been really good because he's kind of come in and he now can make the call on things that maybe one of us isn't sure on or you know if there's a product one of us likes but the other one doesn't he's like well you're not going to do that because of this like he kind of hears both sides and so we don't have to disrupt our relationship now in any way so it's actually worked out really well having him for that as well because there's no you know he's the one that kind of helps us make the call and we don't have we can kind of focus on kind of protecting our relationship and not worrying about that um because he says it how it is so you know where you stand and yeah so that that has been even though it's so tough to deal with at the start and like I you know the amount of calls we were having to each other on FaceTime like (laughs) god like crying like I can't deal with this <laughs> and, and like you know I I remember going to the gym or trying to go to the gym once then I got a call I was like I just want to go to the gym <laughs> and like Lee and I'm just going to turn my phone on silent and because we didn't really know how to deal with it then it was it was a stress to us even though it probably it was so irrelevant and so didn't need to be stressful um so then obviously like I say learning each other's personalities really helped and then stepping away slightly and just saying, you know, wh- what's the big deal? You know, how, what is the worst thing that could happen right now? He could get annoyed because he doesn't know if we've done something or, um, yeah, it's just a case of, it's just really managing each other and our expectations and just the relationship. And I, yeah, both of us now, we're in such a good place with it. And our working relationship is fantastic, all of us. And um it's really exciting too so it was just kind of getting past that first hurdle getting to really know each other and now we're we're running smoothly with it all and yeah we just kind of get on with it he lets us get on with it too he's got obviously his own brand and other brands that he's invested in so yeah we're in contact daily but it's just yeah it's really it feels really good now um so I think you kind of you have to kind of go through that challenging time to kind of get to the good good part um but yeah and yeah in terms of sort of balancing life and work it really yeah it is very tough and I know Sophie I think the idea of coming back with how she's feeling now is quite stressful and overwhelming um but having each other you know I'm so understanding of her and she's so understanding of me that if we are feeling a certain way we can say and it's not like well you've done a day less work than me today so that means you shouldn't be this you know which you might have if it was someone that you just gone into business with and you weren't family or that close with so we're really lucky to be doing it with each other because we do completely understand and we know that we have each other's back and you know I don't have kids but I know if I do Sophie would 100% like be there how I've been there for her and Although for me, when she said she was going to have another baby, I did think, oh God, like, (laughs) that's amazing. But it's going to be, I don't know how I'm going to handle like Wilfred on my own. And, (laughs) 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 Um, but no, it's been so good. And actually having Wilfred in the hatchery has just, God, like it's been a dream during this time. I think it just shows, you know, that the extra challenges women have Mm -hmm. running business definitely it's not just about the business it's the family it's that guilt it's the maternal guilt you know that, yeah. that we have when we have children and feel like we're not paying 100% attention to them yeah I know Sophie definitely has that mm-hmm. um which is why she was really keen to take a bit more time off this time um even though it's not that long at all um two months I think she's going to take a bit longer but um 
yeah, it is just that guilt that she feels. And then, then she's obviously spending money on the nursery and is concerned about that. But the way we see it is, it is a hit, I suppose. But if you were working for someone else, you might be making more money or you might get that extra holiday or maternity leave, but you're working for someone else. Whereas when you're working for yourself, mm. it's a long-term investment. So we might be taking a hit now with the hope that in five, 10 years, we'll be seeing the reward for that. And yeah, we might not have, or Sophie might not have had as long maternity, but then she might get to retire earlier or, you know, and then be with her kids. I don't know. So also, You're making something for yourself and, it, you know, it's, it's, you actually have something behind you that... Yeah, exactly. Created, which is amazing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Can I, can I ask you... Um, could you describe your product? So we know you've got bars, yes. but I also know from <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking that. We've been talking about all this other stuff, and I thought, yeah. we'll stop recording and go, wait a minute. Yeah, I, yeah, I was like, God, I haven't actually mentioned. Yeah, so we have a range of no-added sugar snacks. Um, so they're also all vegan and gluten-free. And um, our core range is our snack bars. So that's what we originally launched with. We've got... Um, flavors like cacao brownie cacao orange peanut caramel peanut raspberry we've also got um share bags which are essentially our brownie range of our snack bars in a sharing format in bite-sized pieces so they're really delicious and like a nice kind of fun format um and then we've also got a range of nuts so we've got smoked almonds we've got fiery chili cashews um, again, no added sugar in any, that was you know, really difficult with the flavorings to find stuff that was completely natural without adding syrups to either bind or kind of make the flavoring taste nice and finding flavorings that are natural as well. Um, so then we've got those, we've also got, we're about to launch this week, um, larger nut formats. So 120 gram bags of peanuts and almonds and uh, cashews and almonds, sorry, cashews and peanuts. And then we've also got crackers, seed crackers, and we are about to, or looking at launching um, a range of sort of healthier crisp alternatives as well. So yeah, lots going on. I, I love about your bars is they come in twos. Yeah. I think that's brilliant because they're, you know, like I couldn't eat the whole thing because it's a lot, but yeah. you and can it's filling. It's fabulous. And that, because they're filling. Yeah. Delicious, but you can you have just a small bar, which Really, really lovely. And also perfect if somebody's watching their calories. Yeah, exactly. And like having the two sticks in the tray, we that was partly logistical uh, as well as like that we wanted to kind of make the experience more of a mindful experience. So you are, you know, you kind of got the tray and you're eating it and it just feels like an occasion. Mm. And um, you really then, I don't know, something about the, t- the taste, just you can taste it more if you, it slows you down. And like you say, you can have one stick slot the tray back into the film and then have it later so yeah that was I think people really like that because it also then is portion control as well so you're evolving you're continuing on with different products and you you've shared a little bit about what you've got what you're getting ready to manufacture produce make what else have you got going on with the squirrel sisters that you'd be able to share you'd like to share yeah, so, so in January this year, we launched our online shop um, for snacks and kitchen essentials. So this was really exciting and very much really a response to lockdown and consumer habits changing. So, you know, I think with us, 
when the first lockdown happened, a lot of yeah. our business literally came to a halt overnight because we're in food service. So, you know, offices, cafes, shops in central London where people go in the morning, grab their coffee and a snack. And that literally stopped. Um, yeah. So we and I don't know, you know, even if, you know, things go back to normal end of June, whether, you know, I think people have realized they don't necessarily need the office as much as we thought we did and we don't need to be commuting as much so I think that kind of side of our business we don't think will probably pick up that quickly so we wanted to kind of think of other ways to make our products accessible so we decided to launch this online shop that didn't just have the snacks that we sell in retail we also wanted to launch kitchen essentials so things that you would have in your cupboards that we use in cooking on a daily basis things like oats dried fruit we've just launched pulses uh different kind of flour alternatives like coconut flour brown rice flour gram flour uh and we wanted this hub for consumers to be able to go to where they can trust that everything on that site contains no added sugar and also is vegan and gluten-free um so that was really an exciting project for us and took a long time to kind of happen but yeah we've now got around 40 products on our site and we're launching kind of more every month and then we also have our retail range so our branded well everything's branded but yeah you know our actual kind of products that we sell in retail Mm -hmm. and so that was huge for us and then in this February we launched into Sainsbury's on trial which Again, we've been trying to, we've been knocking on the door of Sainsbury's for so many years. And it's so difficult because kind of making, you know, we've, we've spoken to them, but getting the commercials to work just has been impossible. And then um, we've managed to get in via the Future Brands team, which is an opportunity for small businesses like us to get on the shelves. You get three months and if it works, you then get rolled out and you get a permanent listing so we are sitting on that aisle with eight other brands and only two will get through they're all small businesses and yeah so we it's really difficult because we're all kind of a team but we're also we know that only two of us are going to get through so we kind of having to do whatever it takes you're going to be elbowing yeah but not really yeah it's like okay (laughs) um so yeah that's a really exciting opportunity um and yeah we're in 70 stores and we're also online as well so we're hoping that that all works and this year we'll be in all Sainsbury's stores and then the other thing that's happened this year is we are about to launch in the US and the Middle East so export for us is just like during lockdown the inquiries we were getting were huge like just constant kind of weekly inquiries and um yeah um from the US and Middle East and so yeah it's finally kind of happened and we're in a container being shipped to America right now and we're going to be launching in Texas into Central Market I don't know if you know no and I mean I'm curious Texas I'm in that nice what was it about Texas that got you interested so it was the (laughs) importer actually he reached out to us and he used to be a buyer at Central Market and then set up his own importing company. And Central Market is apparently the, it's almost like a, the whole, a whole Foods, but more artisan. So you go in, it's almost like a, 
you know, a fair, like everything's beautifully presented. It's really, there's always something going on there and people drive miles to visit them and they're huge stores I think in one store they've got 800 staff so you know wow. it's huge in others they've got less it's but... big in Texas isn't it yeah like yeah, massive yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so um that's why Texas but we are also um we then got approached by another importer in the U.S. that is a very well well very big importer and they um they are really they've been very keen to kind of get in touch with us for a while and they got in touch with us via the department of international trade which you know as a brand owner it's very reliable they kind of um do all the work to kind of work out if it's a good company so um they got in touch with us via them and we've had several meetings and they are going to be launching us um so we'll be on amazon in the us wow which is in Amazon, the US is very, very different to the UK in terms of, you know, the, the size, you know, so it's a huge opportunity. And then we're going to start that way um, because for smaller brands to launch into retail in the US, the expectations and the investment you'd need is huge. So yeah. we're going to start on Amazon and e-commerce and then go from there as we grow right. and our brand okay. kind of gets recognized. Um, dragon. she's got a dragon she's got her she's you know the thing I think is um really interesting is that you were knocking on people's doors and now they're knocking on yours going will you come and sell your product in our little place I love yeah it is so it's so true actually like I do think especially with um working with Wilfred now as well because he's got his brand and he's got a lot of contacts he's managed to open a lot of doors for us to actually the reason we got the Sainsbury's thing or got in touch with the the future brands team is through Wilfred and them having spoken to him so it's worked really well because we're now in a much stronger position and um yeah almost being part of the hatchery and it just feels like rather than it just being the two of us and you know there have been moments where retailers probably think they can take advantage and like get a little bit more out of us whereas now we feel yeah we're in a much stronger position and now people are coming to us which for us feels like well this is not success but it's kind of this is we're being recognized now and we're not having to what felt you know like at the start we felt almost quite needy and like we were begging in some places or just you know accepting commercials that weren't good enough and we've got to a stage you know our confidence has grown we've got you know, we've proved ourselves and um yeah we've obviously now working as part of the hatchery so we've got that kind of team and and yeah support and it just it feels very different now which is really nice I've got one specific question I like to ask people, but Linda, what would you like to ask and or what happened we talked about? I mean, this is one of those things that I kind of feel like your conversation with Wilfred, I think, gosh, we've been over an hour now and I don't want to hang up, but I know we need to, we're going to need to. Yeah. Linda, what would you like to ask? Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you, what does healthy eating mean to you? Ooh, okay, so... Healthy eating. So for me, it's really about feeling good. And I think, you know, as we've probably all been at some point in our lives, you know, we've eaten really badly and I know how awful it makes me feel. And I just feel, I turned vegetarian um, three years ago now and just 
eating well and at uni I just I don't even want to think about my diet at uni it was terrific <laughs> so like I no know how it no one does <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know how it feels to kind of eat a certain way and I know how natural healthy food makes me feel and it makes me feel amazing like I love how I feel I feel like when I eat you know more plants it's just you'll have a, a juice like I feel more in touch with nature as well it's really weird like I just I feel really good and I can see it in my skin in everything when I eat that way and I sleep better I I have so much more energy which enables me to do what I'm doing with the business as well um so as a whole, just in every part of life, I it makes me better. <laughs> so <laughs> I just love how good food makes me feel. And the link with food and mood is incredible. It's I'm fascinated by it. And um, I, I wish I'd kind of known more about it earlier on in life. Um, you know, when you're younger and you're kind of complaining about why you're tired all the time and then you realise it's your diet. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and, you know, with... Linda, you'll know this with my mum in the last year, I've learned so much more because of what she'd experienced with her health scare that, God, I just can't, even more so, I'm so aware of the impact food has on our body and, you know, things like inflammation and everything. So I'm just a real advocate for eating well, but not restricting yourself. And like you both know, good natural food can taste absolutely incredible you don't need all these added nasty ingredients you really don't like it's just amazing what it can do and it tastes brilliant and that's really our mission to kind of make healthy taste delicious I get that um well one of the questions I like to ask people because you've spent a lot of time talking about Sophie and making sure she takes care of herself and you know you want to eat well what do you do to take care of yourself so I always so I actually more recently I do a lot of breathing um so I also I think I'm I've always been quite a chilled person and I don't let stress affect me in the same way that it might affect other people but I do have moments where I'm like oh my god or I might get very stressed about something but then I I take a step back and think what's the worst that could happen and that really massively helps me because I'm like well actually nothing bad can happen from this so um I I guess it's kind of mindset I'm really I've really worked on that to kind of get to a stage where I don't let little things stress me out or affect me and that question of what's the worst that could happen that really helps um and the other thing is I I'm very good at taking I am very good at taking care of myself you know I love to get out and ex I exercise daily it doesn't have to be intense just a stroll um I love having baths so I always have baths um with salts magnesium salts um and um I a good night's sleep is really important to me so if I'm tired it's just never good um you know for productivity and everything so I really do try and focus on that and I think the main thing is really eating well because I know that's going to be affecting every part of me so just making sure I am actually eating well and I don't worry I invest in food you know I will spend more money on food versus doing other things because it's an investment really it's your health and yeah just really focusing on kind of 
eating well and I also yeah I love cooking I find it really therapeutic so I do spend I enjoy preparing meals and yeah that that really does relax me which for some people I know they hate cooking so it's like totally unrelaxing (laughs) but for me that I really I'm lucky that I find it enjoyable because then it enables me to then have really nice meals that then I know long term are going to make me feel good too so it's all about taking time out for yourself and um I really do make sure I do that and if I need to put something in the diary where it's not necessarily true you know if I if I'm if, I'm, <laughs> if I just want to take time to go for a walk or something and you know I'm t- telling everyone well I can't talk at this time because I need time for myself I'll do that because I think it's so important and I think stress is the biggest cause of a lot of illnesses so um it's a, something I really work on and take the time to do that's wonderful absolutely admirable what were you going to say, Linda? I just was going to direct people to Gracie and Sophie's book. Yes. Ah. I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, you've won awards. You've done all these amazing things and your wonderful book as well. Yeah. Yeah, we got, yeah, we, this is, uh, we had that published in 2018 and um, it was very early on the first year we were approached by the publisher and we just couldn't believe it because they used to read our blog. So yeah, it was just crazy for us and an amazing opportunity so yeah that's on amazon um do you want to have a look yeah it's lovely snacks and treats and is there any um any idea that you might have another one because you don't have enough going on you just need a few more things so come on get with the program come on yeah I might wait for Sophie to get back (laughs) I mean but you could have a full agenda for when Sophie comes back these are the things that Wilfred has said we're going to do breastfeed and write a recipe come on (laughs) exactly I'm sure she'd love that (laughs) no worries I got it covered we're doing it all yeah 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 no exactly um hopefully I mean yeah because that book when we wrote it um we it because some recipes actually aren't veggie um because they're Sophie's recipes and I wasn't fully veggie at that point so we it would be a very different book now um because of the way we've evolved so it would be really exciting to yeah to see what we'd kind of come up with that cool well we'll just put that out there that this is what we want it doesn't matter whether it's on your agenda or not that's what we'd like you to do okay so you know put it on my to-do list (laughs) yeah that's good I love those is there anything that you would like to talk about that we haven't talked about in this this brief moment of time no no I think yeah if if anyone has any more questions like feel free to get in touch um we're very active on all social media as well um instagram mainly so yeah just feel free to ask any questions whether that's about how we started the business if you want to do it or um yeah about our products and plans yeah they're absolutely wonderful products to be able to lead clients to so they can try those out when people are changing and trying to eat different things and having something on the go because everyone's in such a rush so it's definitely you have a great website and it's really easy to navigate I loved it it's so simple to get around and find different things that's what I liked and I loved your story on there so yeah it's it's really delightful on there as well um if you go to stockists you can see all the retailers because I forgot to mention where we are we're in there yeah several in over 2,000 retailers like Holland and Barrett Waitrose Ocado um, Amazon um, and yeah loads of independents so check that out if if you yeah and you can find your local store 
Wonderful. You are amazing. I'm, I'm going to be adding a few products to my list. I'm I do love the, the fact that you've got all these organic foods on, mm. on your website because oh, that, yeah. So sometimes it's so difficult, like organic goji berries, you know, difficult to find. So yeah, yeah we'll, we'll be directing people to, to your online brilliance thank you really nice it's really nice to have an easy way to buy these things and to to direct people to them so thank you for that and listen thank you so much for your time this is like one of those big wishes and when Linda sent me an email and said guess what I was just like oh my gosh this is so exciting (laughs) so thank you so much thank you so much I really appreciate it it's really nice to be thank you so much for having me it's been really great to chat to you both yeah my pleasure thank you Well, folks, that's all for today. I hope you enjoyed sitting in and listening in to Gracie share her fantastic story with us. She and her sister are amazing and powerful women and what great role models they are. If you would like to find out more information about them, I have provided the links in the show notes so you can get in touch with them or follow them on social media, or you can order their book, their lovely tasty book, And don't forget, they've got their products on shelves all over the country, as well as other places around the world. So watch this space. These women are moving for sure. Now then, there are a few things I'd like to talk to you about as usual. And one of them is going to be, you've got it. You have got to bounce soft to feel good. I am going to talk about that Bellican. It has been a brilliant way for me to improve my health and well-being and maintain my mood at the same time. I will be sure and provide a link in the show notes as well for you to find out more details. I am also an affiliate of this wonderful organization. So if you'd like to ask me questions specifically, please do get in touch and I would be delighted to talk with you further. I would also like to thank those of you who have subscribed to my podcasts. I really appreciate it. And if you haven't done so already, please leave me a review. I would really be grateful. I've also got a great rota of guests coming over the next few months. So watch this space. But in the meantime, I'd like to wish you and yours the very best of health. Bye for now.